Welcome to the In the Bag podcast. I'm your host from the uh, rainy Houston, Texas, Jonathan Slaughter. And with me, as always, is my co-host from presumably sunny San Francisco or Oakland. Or Berkeley. Jazzy, James Haldeman. Or Berkeley. Yeah, that's the name of my cat. I know. I, we're still very flattered that you named your cat after the town we lived in. Uh, it is very sunny today. Unfortunately, there have been quite a few fires raging in all of California. So got a little smoke yesterday, not quite as much today, but hopefully people are safe. I know they've had to evacuate a lot of the areas a little bit north of us, like hour, hour and a half. So hopefully people are staying safe. We could use a little bit of that rain, but unfortunately we don't get it for like another month or two. So uh, we'll have to hold on until then. Is there like an update about it? I haven't. Honestly, I haven't read too much about it. I think it. they've got uh, some decent amount of the fires contained in this area. They're actually maybe going to shut power off this afternoon again, which is kind of a precaution they take, but I don't think it got as windy as they expected today, so fires shouldn't be jumping around and catching particularly easily, but I think they're starting to get it under control, thanks to the wind dying down. Nice. Hopefully on to some brighter news. Yeah, well... Not, not not really, because we didn't do too well last week, but it's okay. It's all fun. So last week, we had a Zozo Championship. It was fun because we got to see Tiger Woods play well all weekend and really just run away with it in classic Tiger Woods fashion. He was putting really well the first day, and then he really put together the rest of his game, I thought, over the weekend. Uh, I, I didn't see a lot of the final round, which spanned over, what, Friday night or Sunday night, Saturday night and Sunday night because of the rain that uh, wiped out all of the play on Friday. But what did you take away from it with his performance? I mean, I, Tiger looked spry. I thought it was really interesting uh, after his first round where he played really well. He basically said, you know, I was down on, I was getting down low to read putts. And I don't know if he, he was like, I don't know if you guys watched the last, you know, few weeks of the season last year during the FedEx Cup, but I could was kind of laboring to get down to read putts and get back up and that sort of stuff. So he looked like somebody that was healthy, especially coming off a knee surgery. His iron play looked really, really crisp, which is the strongest consistent part of his game. He has just been known as the best iron player whenever he's on. And that looked really crisp all weekend. And like you said, the first round he couldn't miss a putt, no matter where it was from. And then, you know, rounds two, three, and four, he couldn't miss a putt because he was hitting the ball so tight to the hole. So it was fun to get some classic tiger out there it was just a dominant performance wire to wire he had 27 birdies over the four days and the next closest was like sung jm and somebody else were tied with 20 like it was just a completely dominant performance for tiger and it wasn't something we were expecting but uh, it was fun to watch i would like to say i did say that i i thought he was you said he was interesting at nine percent owned because you like to play tiger when he's low owned. so maybe you should have gone with your gut buddy i, did, I didn't though you did you, you said it you didn't go with it though which is a, a bit of a bummer for for the the single entry play last week but that's okay yeah it's funny you know i had a lineup that was rory and rory what was it? Roy, Rory, JD, and JD. So that who was that? Day, Day and Damon. And Damon, right? I don't know how to, I don't know how Damon did, but then I had Finau and Varner, and I almost and then I went back and redid it with Tiger instead of Finau, and that lineup probably actually would have done. Fairly yeah, you had well. two in the top three. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of birdies and yeah, eagles between I, those two guys too, which have been important. But I, I it was, can't 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 win them all. I thought the another interesting thing to take away from the tournament, and we can kind of fold that over into this week's, is that Rory McIlroy, after a 
two over start to his he's basically five over through like 13 holes in the first round and somehow pulled it together ended up only two over and then shot a 15 under on the last three days of the tournament i think if he had even given himself a chance maybe he could have at least put some pressure on tiger because of all things this is and like i know front runner is like generally a term that sports fans have negative connotation about because you're called that when you just root for sports teams that are really good but like tiger is the ultimate front runner in sports right he just doesn't give up leads after 52 holes Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff so he and he didn't really have anybody chasing him down i know hideki was close but it never really felt like he was gonna get there it would have been interesting to see like maybe rory plays that first round in two or three under and just really gives himself a chance to go out and get tiger that would have been more fun with them in the same group uh, but then in the same vein, Sung J.M. was one over after the first round and then shot 14 over on the last three days. So it was a, a return to form for him and, and two guys that maybe can carry over some some hot play after a rough start in the Zozo Championship into this weekend. Yeah, I think M has been a little more up and down than he was last year because he did some he did similar in Korea as well where he had a couple good rounds and a couple bad rounds. And... You know he's young. I think we're we're gonna have that from him, but obviously it's encouraging to see him finish up there. Uh, I also thought perhaps Xander could have given him a run because he was in the top five. He was three or four yeah, strokes sure. back, and and he just played even on the final yeah, day. Yeah, so did Gary Woodland he never who was, never got anything going. Gary mm-hmm. Woodland, I thought was a guy that maybe had a chance, and just neither one of them got anything going on the final day. I mean, what it really says is that Tiger beat out a lot of very good people, and. You know that's encouraging, and it, we, we don't know how many golf tournaments he's going to play this year. We don't know. We assume he should at least play. I would say three tournaments every two months. I think that's yeah, something like that. I think the biggest takeaway from this is that he has to pick himself on the Presidents Cup team, right? Now he's got to be a player captain. Like, I mean, he's one of the guys that have been talked about, and it was his health and stuff. And everybody kind of said, even the guys on the team say, if he's healthy, we want him on the team. So. I imagine he'll play now. It's kind of fun because Gary Woodland's a guy who's kind of auditioning for the team right now, trying to get one of those captain's picks and got to play beside him the last uh, two days in the you know final group because they didn't really they didn't change him on Saturday and Sunday of the tournament. They just let him play together throughout the entire time. But it was kind of fun watching you know Tiger basically validate him picking himself if he does, and Gary Woodland kind of auditioned in front of the captain trying to get a spot. I thought Woodland uh, Woodland's like really the only competition. I think that the the world team is a lot more interesting. There's a lot more options you can go with. Like, is Day going to make it, or are you going to go with uh, a hot young guy like Neiman? Corey you, Connors there, may have played go. his way in last week. He's been really good the last two tournaments. Yeah, so or Hadwin or something yeah. like that. So I mean, yeah, you have a bunch of guys. And I think that more more so, I think it's, I, I don't know how they're going to do it because I think that if you look at, I think this may be more of a team build thing than a, a golfer sort of thing. And what I mean by that is they, there's two guys on there that are, came out of nowhere, right? Pan and uh, Answer. Yeah, for sure. And so... Would do you want instead of maybe being risky with Neiman, do you want someone more established to take that, or or UK rolling out with another young guy? Uh, so I think that'll be interesting. Whereas I don't think that they're in the the US team doesn't have like some you know some of the that weird bottom that the world may have. Yeah, I mean I think it's fun because I like getting you know guys who don't have a lot of experience or guys who people don't know about get to go watch them play golf i think that's fun but it just makes an interesting team dynamic yeah i think you're 100 i think the auto qualifiers for the united states are obviously you know, it's justin thomas guys like that and where you could 
put some intrigue, I guess, in the lineup with the young guys or guys that kind of come on lately or like a Colin Morikawa or something like that. But they're just not going to get picked over, you know, Tiger Woods picking himself or Gary Woodland or whatever. There's just no reason to do it. But you're definitely right. Their national team has much more intrigue going forward. Yeah. And with that said, is there so a couple guys that you like coming into this weekend that are in form or a couple guys that you don't like this weekend, uh, either because of the course or their form? I got three guys that I really like coming into this weekend, and they're three guys that played really well last week. We kind of talked about two of them. Corey Connors is the first one. Uh, he had a tie for 12th of the CJ Cup, followed that up with a tie for 6th last week. Oh, his price has gone up $1,000 from last week to this week, but I still think for a guy at 8200 who's averaging just below 90 points in DraftKings, that's a really fair price and somebody you want. Uh, and I just think we'll talk about a little bit later with the course fit, but he's a greens and regulation monster as we've you know, talked about on this podcast many times. And I think somebody that is really good tee to green and, and is going to hit you a lot of greens and regulation is going to be a type of player you want. Two, Hideki Matsuyama. We were down on him at the beginning of the year. He missed a cut and then struggled to a 16th place finish, but he's tied for third and uh, solo second in his two starts in Asia. His ball striking looks very good again after some hesitancy that we kind of thought we saw in his swing earlier in the season. And his He's putting the ball incredibly well. He he didn't putt as well as Tiger the first round, obviously, but he made a lot of tough putts, too. And he's also won the tournament that we're heading to this weekend. And then my third guy is Sung J.M. He has been inconsistent, but three straight rounds of you know mid to low 60s, uh, even though he finished with a 71 on Thursday. His 20 birdies were second only to Tiger Woods. And I think he putted the ball very well. Uh, he was like fourth in strokes gain putting for every green hit in regulation or something like that. So Sung JM is another guy that I think is, is heading on his way up again. He looks a little more comfortable after last week. Yeah, a couple guys that I like kind of coming into this weekend. I won't add too many here, but Patrick Reed with a T17, and he's placed well at this course before. And I like him a lot for DFS and for betting, honestly. I always worry about him because I feel like he is pretty streaky. But he really has put together a lot of good golf over the last four or five months. And it was nice to see him do that uh, once again. Another guy, he's been inconsistent, but I think he had a, he definitely had a great weekend, which was Charles Howell. And on a course like coming up uh, where you get all these par fives, I think he has the most eels out of anyone since like 2012 or 2013 on the PGA Tour. I mean, he has played a lot of tournaments, but he's definitely a top, top, top par five player. And so I think that's something you're going to look forward when we come back to this more traditional uh, par 72 course coming up in uh, Shanghai, yep, right? Yeah, we're in Shanghai. I, I'm not going to, I don't, I mean, I can't disagree with any of your picks. Connors, obviously, is just rocketing up the boards. If he wouldn't have shot at, you know, just even par on the final day, he might have made some more no- noise, even though I don't think anyone was catching Tiger. Um, M. Matsuyama's put together a lot of good performances, you know, two he what, two top five performances in a yeah, row or two, two top, top three performances in a yeah. row. Yeah. So and then Benny Ann again, two top ten performances in a row. So a lot of a lot of people playing a lot of good. Anybody golf. you don't like particularly going into this weekend? I'm gonna beat this I'm gonna beat this drum all year and I hope it's not all year. But Tony Fino, where are you at, man? He he just has failed to show up in these tournaments where I think he should establish himself as as a top player and he just hasn't done it popular again in DFS. I just, there's something that's just off with his game uh, that I don't like. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he needs 
he needs to go back to the crafting board. I mean, he shot plus three in the final round after kind of clawing back a little bit. And I don't know, he's just, he's really disappointed me this year. I, I think everyone thought he, he'd be the guy to break out, and he just hasn't yeah, done His it. putters really let him down. He's still second on the tour, strokes gained tee to green, second in approach. Or he's top 10 tee to green, second in approach. So I think his putters let him down a lot this year, and it'll be interesting to see if he can figure something out to get that going, I think, for to kind of round out a game that has been really solid up until that point. And then the other one, I, I, don't, even, I don't even think he's playing on this tournament. But I'm just salty. Is Ryan Moore? Yeah, that was that was I, rough. I thought he was gonna have a big week last week. Shooting plus six on the final day, you know, just to cap off a crappy weekend for him. And yeah, I'm just salty at him. I, I don't I don't really like playing Ryan Moore because I know that like the stats like him, but I I feel like he's the anti Pat Reed. Like where the stats always say Patrick Reed sucks, but then he just like has these like top fifteen. Ryan Ryan, like Ryan Moore, Moore is yeah. not competed at the level that people expected him to with his amateur amateur success and just kind of he's a stats darling but tends to not be in contention nearly as much as he should be with the ability level he has i guess yeah exactly so i, I don't know but anyway so i'm just salty that's fair that. that's so fair i choose i choose i got two guys that i'm down on this weekend one of them really hurts me and that's Ches Reevy. his two starts and in, in asia have been a 46th and a 70th and he he's still i think like 26 t degree but is a so his his driving accuracy has been solid. His just approach play, his iron play hasn't been great. He's not putting the ball particularly well. So I just don't like where his game is. I'm going to be avoiding him this week, even though his price is so tantalizing. It's like 7100 for a guy that you know was in the Tour Championship last year and played pretty well. So it's tough to say no to a price like that for that kind of guy, but it, it just doesn't look right right now. And then Adam had one. Uh, he had a second and a third, I believe, second and fourth coming into this last week and his other two starts on the tour he gets into a stronger field he struggles a little bit and he had a long layoff and he played two of the four rounds over par so i know his price has gone down about six hundred dollars heading into this week he's at seventy five hundred now but just not somebody that looked as good or as crisp as he had in the other two tournaments he's played this year so kind of trending down for had one for me oh i have another one but it's just a quick one it's in the same boat as finau but not quite as bad as tommy fleetwood yeah, like he just like he always, like I feel like he's always like the uh, the dark horse to like win all these tournaments and then like just always plays average. Yeah, fleet. This is a we're going to head to. I'll talk about it a little bit. We're going to do a tougher course this weekend, which is kind of a place I like Fleetwood more than I like him in a, somewhere where I expect everybody to win at like minus twenty twenty one because Fleetwood just kind of is a steady consistent guy no matter what the difficulty of the course tends to be. All right, well break it down for us. What are we looking at this weekend in Shanghai? Yeah, this is the first of four World Golf Championships Champions Tournament. We play, played at the Shishan. I'm going to assume I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I apologize. Uh, International Golf Club, 78 players in another no-cut field. Like you mentioned earlier, heading back to the classic par 72. Measures around 7,300 yards from the championship tees. Uh, this particular course has hosted this tournament 13 out of the last 14 years. So opposite of last week where we had a new course, a very new tournament to Japan. Very well known we have uh, some data with winners to back up kind of what we're looking at here uh, the course play is relatively straight for the most part not a ton of dog legs but it's again heavily tree-lined fairways there are also quite a few holes that feature fairway bunkers and water hazards so it'll be pretty important to find the fairway you want to play from the short grass this weekend in that vein because it is so difficult to find the fairway here 
The course is played in the top half of the most difficult courses on the PGA Tour relative to par scoring, and last season it was actually the third most difficult. I believe it was one uh, in a playoff between Shafley and Finau. Shafley won with like a minus 13 or minus 14 last year. So we've been seeing a lot of minus 20s, 21s win tournaments this year. I think we'll see it come down a little bit this weekend. And greens and regulation and fairways hit were both below average for the tour last year. So a lot of places we've gone to, we'll see one or the other be below average. But this week we're actually going to see both of both of them come in as as a course that you know players don't hit nearly as often as they do on on average on tour. So with all, all right. these things being the case, uh, I factored in strokes gained tee to green as the most important stat in the model this week. We want to make sure we're having guys that are putting themselves in positions to succeed. And I think that stat encompasses this the best. I'll partner that with green and regulation percentage just to make sure we're getting a more specific look at who's going to give themselves the most birdie opportunities. And then as we've been doing in these no-cut tournaments, we're going to look at birdies per round to see who's going to make the most birdies because you want to go as low as possible. With a par 72, classic par 72 course, we're going to do what we've been doing all year and look at par 5 scoring. And then I also looked at total driving because I want people who are hitting the ball far and hitting the ball accurately. I think it was last year, Rafa Cabrera-Bello said that this is a a bomber course, so we're going to be looking at guys that can marry the two uh, parts of driving and give themselves the best chance to succeed that way. All right, well, with that said, let's get into the field. Uh, We'll do the 9K and up guys as per usual. Uh, So we'll we'll do the same thing that we always do. Who's your favorite play on the board, and then who is... Uh, the best value, and then who is someone that you are going to stay away from? We're going 9K and up. 9K and up, I think the best play is Rory McIlroy. I think he marries all of the statistical things we're talking about the best. He was first first in strokes gained tee to green last year. He was like eighth in total driving last year. He's one of the top 10 guys after his first tournament in birdies per round. So I just, I know he's the most expensive guy, but I think our chalk is kind of our chalk as it has been he played incredibly well last week and i just think he's gonna give himself a lot of chances to make a lot of birdies this week and we're in a weaker field than we have been the last two weeks and he's still relatively similarly priced to what he was last week so i really like rory is the best play i think the best value is the cheapest one of the cheaper guys there's probably two of them for me i think sung jm we talked about him a little bit he was on fire with the putter last week minus what 14 over the last three rounds and then a guy that i really like this week as a value play is Adam Scott at 9.3k. He wasn't great last week, but as far as talent to dollars, he's probably one of the best ratioed guys in the DraftKings this week. Uh, I think ball striking is paramount to success, and he brings that. And over the last two years, I think he has a 17th and a, or last three years, he has a 17th and a 14th place finish at this course. So it's somewhere he plays relatively well. Nice. Yeah, I, I echo the sentiments about Rory. I think he's the best play on the board. I think my my next. Best play after that would be Justin Rose. I think he's my. I think he's who I'm going to start my lineup. That was not what week. I expected from you. Who? who you well, I just Xander? no. I just didn't expect Justin Rose from you. I know you're not a big Justin Rose fan, so it yeah. wasn't it wasn't where I thought you were going to go. I I like Justin Rose. He has a lot of success at this course the last two three years. He has a third place and a fifth place. I think right. And you said with the harder course, I think he's fairly accurate off the tee. He's obviously not as long as some of the longest guys, but I think his total driving is is have to stat check me out there but i think he's usually in the top 20 or so uh with with that and uh, we don't know obviously how he's going to play because he's played this year so we don't really have any you know his form or whatever you know you want to go with but i feel like he's usually a little more expensive in this range and i just feel like 
he like had, like I definitely like him more than Casey and Fleetwood, and I don't know. I think he gives you a better chance to win the Hideki. Xander would be the other guy that I would kind of waffle with, but I think because they're both pretty similar. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys. I think I think Rose gives you a little more of a of a floor. I, I think guess, the only as, as the only to top money guy that I really don't want to play this week and that I will avoid. I guess there's two of them. I don't. I just don't think Paul Casey is priced right. I think he's you know worse than five hundred dollars cheaper than Justin Rose's or eight hundred dollars Shoffley is. And I don't. I think mm-hmm. Matsuyama, even though he's played really well the last two weeks, is probably his price has probably overreacted to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just think he's putted the ball really, really well the last two weeks, and and he's just not a guy that does that consistently over time. But I think Rory Xander Xander won here last year in a playoff. I think Justin Rose has really good finishes here. Even I, I will disagree with you on Tony Finau. He's got an eleventh and a second the last two years here, and he lost in a playoff, so it's somewhere he likes. But I think a lot of the top money guys, even down to Patrick Reed, I think they're decent plays. I'm not a big Stenson fan. That's just because the one time we've seen him on the PGA Tour this year, he played really poorly and has taken time off since then. But I think the top plays are good. It's just a matter of your preference this week. So Rose, Shafley, McElroy, whoever. I think they're all good plays. It's just. Who's going to come out on top? Yeah, and I like Patrick Reed. I said, you know, I said it before. I think that I think he's going to be someone that will also be pretty highly owned in my uh, in all my lineups this week. And I'll still be avoiding Finau because I just is that your least favorite play from the group? No, probably not my least favorite play. Probably my least favorite play compared to like what I think his ownership will be. But I think Spieth is probably the worst play. Yeah, I I mean, if we're talking about a hard course. But maybe because it's a hard course that actually helps him because he is not like if if everyone's like driving percentage is going to get dragged down closer to his maybe that actually helps. Yeah, it him. could be. I just he played three out of his four rounds over par last week, and yeah, in a course that is difficult. Yeah, I'm sure that brings it down some, but it just also makes it so much tougher for him to give himself opportunities to go out there and make birdies. And I just don't know that I like Jordan Spieth a whole lot. Yeah. And moving on to the the mid range here, the seven point five and up, uh, all the way up to nine. There's a lot of guys in here that have done really well and that are kind of streaky. And then you have some guys who like Rafa Cabrera Bello, who hasn't played well on the PGA Tour this year, or Putnam is starting on you know to come up on the rise. I don't know. This is like an interesting. Same with Fitzpatrick with you know uh, the RCB. They haven't played well on the PGA Tour, although having a lot of success in Europe. And there seems to be a lot more of these European Tour guys in here. Who would be your favorite? Yeah, who's your favorite? Who are you staying away from? And who do you think? Who do you think is the, I guess like the most talented guy in this group? Because I think there is a lot of talent here. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll probably end up staying away from Danny Willett. I just you said it last week, and he he just went out and didn't play well again. I mean, I know he scored seventy points, but he was still in a tie for forty six, and it took him two decent rounds at the end of the week to salvage that finish. So probably steer clear of Danny Willett, Sergio Garcia. Those two guys are close in price to each other. I have five guys that I really like at this price point, and I think you can use them. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, I think you can use them to build your lineups in different ways, whatever price you need to fill, because 9000 to 7500 is a pretty big range. I like the guy at the top of the list a lot. I like Cameron Smith. He Last time we saw him, he finished tied for third at the CJ Cup time before that we saw him he finished tied for 13 at the Shriners Open and he made a ton of birdies 
in both those tournaments he averaged 21 combined, which would have been second last week. So I'm uh, pretty high on Cameron Smith coming into this week. I already talked about Corey Connors, very high on Corey Connors. He kind of fills the Ryan Moore price point this week, you know, the 7,500 to 8,000 guy. He's, I think he's going to give himself more opportunities to make birdies than most guys out there. And if he puts the ball well again, I think he can go pretty low and even give you a chance to win at that price point. Charles Howell, who's someone you talked about I really like this week. He's played well basically all season, had another top 10. I think it's the second top 10 of the year after Safeway Open uh, in a really tough field. And he kind of progressively got better uh, over the over the week. Uh, then the two guys that I... One guy I think isn't talked hasn't been talked about enough. He's just finished top 16 at both of these tournaments is Ian Poulter. He's a, he's a strokes mm-hmm. gain tee to green monster through these two tournaments. And he's rolled the ball well enough to make some putts. And then I just think Louis Oosthuizen at 7,600 is a, just a steal of a price. And he didn't play terribly last week. He played fine. Yeah, he was like he was like two under or something. Yeah, like I, yeah. So I think uh, after you know playing a tournament recently for the the first time, uh, I'm a I'm a pretty big Louis Oosthuizen fan in general. But uh, you don't get him at 7,600 very often. So I think that's probably my best value play along with Corey Connors in this price point. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I think I, I'm gonna stick down to the, like the lower end. I think if I went all the way to the top, I, I I like the reasoning for Cam Smith, and he's low owned, so I may go there. Billy Horschel's had two or like two good finishes in a row here. I think mm-hmm. like two like top fifteens. So that's interesting to me. Outside of that, I'm not really in love with anything until you get down to the Hal Poulter Ustazen. And then I think a guy that may be go under the radar a little bit, but has popped in a couple of the PGA tournaments is Van Ruyen. Yeah, I like that. Um, I know you know he doesn't wear socks with his uh, you know high high ankle pants, but it's a classy look. I know. love it. It's part of the reason I love him so much. <laughs> I know but, I know yeah, Hatch he's... loves Eric Van Ruyen. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> he uh, yeah I, I, he's done really you know he's done well in the past. I think. He is one of the more talented European guys that's over here that doesn't normally play in the PGA Tour. And there's a couple more that I like in the lower end. But I think I'm going to stay in the lower end. I think I'm going to try to grab... I'm either going to go high or I'm going to go low. I don't, I don't really like a lot of the guys in the middle. I, I'm going to fade Connors. I think I'm going to fade Poulter even because he just isn't consistent enough for me. And he's played well for like two or three weeks in a row here. So I think I'm just going to hop off of him this week. And I think I'm... I think I'm going to start, maybe I'm not going to go stars and scrubs, but I'm going to go like upper, you know, like the second tier stars with the uh, the upper tier scrubs, I guess. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. If you, if you were to say. And that, and if I had to stay away from somebody in this range, uh, let me go, let me backtrack real quick. The one guy that I might play in the middle and I'll have a, a little bit of is Molinari just because of his pedigree and his ownership percentage is very low. And I think he can do well in a tough course, but he can also do really poorly as well. Yeah, I'm just not a Molinari fan. One of these days I'll become a big person like you and I'll pick a guy that I don't like, but it is not this day. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then somebody, the guy I'm staying away with from is uh, Poulter. Sure. So you wanna, we'll hop down to the, the cheap of the cheap guys. We'll go 7,500 and lower. And I think... The form of the players in this range isn't as good last week where we got Palmer and Connor, some guys that were coming off good finishes. But I think the talent level in this is still solid. So we get Poston, we get Mickelson, we get Lucas Glover, we get Keegan Bradley, we get your boy Abraham Anser, we get Jason Kokrak. So we get a lot of talented golfers, even if they're not playing that great. Are there any guys in particular that you're a big fan of this week? Or are you? I know you like Anser, but are you, are you going to 
just kind of be targeting him, or is there anybody else you like down here? There's like four guys that I okay. like in particular. I like Hal Tong Lee. He's an excellent long iron player. I think that'll be useful on this course. And yeah, all, all part threes are over 200 yards this weekend, just yeah. for reference. Yeah, I, I didn't know the exact stat, but I knew they were long. And so I think that's going to help him out quite a bit. Um, I saw Ji uh, Jun Zhang at the Houston Open, and he played really well, and I was on him that weekend. And I, I think he's a very solid player. You know, I like these two Chinese guys. They get a, they're going to get a bump. Ji Xu Zhang might be pretty highly owned. I don't think Hao Tong Li will be quite, quite as highly owned, but I think that they're interesting. Uh, I definitely will be overweight on them in comparison to the field sure. answer you already mentioned. And then there's a couple of these guys that are, are like these European guys that have played well in the past, like Mike Lorenzo Vera. I mean, I, I just don't – 6.6 just seems outlandishly low for him. And then going all the way down to the bottom here is Jorge Campillo. He's also – and and, uh, and Masashiro Kawamura. They both are – Campillo is just a, a, a solid European tour player and – Colin Murray has actually played pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. I think he has, he has competed on the PGA Tour, and he has done... I feel like he has had a couple good finishes. I'm going to go look this up because maybe I'm confusing him with someone else. <laughs> but that's who I would stick to. Okay. That's who I would stick to, yeah. Yeah, for me, I think it comes down to a few guys. Uh, for the price, I think JT Poston is my favorite. Play this week, he played pretty well last week. He is like one of the few guys to get up over 70 points. Uh, top 20, tied for 27th finish. I went as low as 65 last week and finished with a 68. So for 6,700, I'm a pretty big JT Poston fan. I also think Kevin Tway is pretty interesting. He, I like Tway. He, again, 6,400 opens up a lot of opportunities for you at the top and made 19 birdies last week. The problem was he made 13 bogeys, but it was still good enough for, for you know, for 70 points out of a top 30-something finish is is pretty good value, pretty good return on your, your guy. Uh, some... Names that I think are super interesting this week. I'm a pretty interested in Phil Mickelson. He played really well in this format uh, compared to what he had been playing at the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. Scored 80 fantasy points. Uh, went minus seven there. And I think he's a guy that kind of is just better in this no-cut format. And then Keegan Bradley went really low one one round last week. I think he shot, what, 63, 64, something like that and then kind of just played average to slightly below average golf the other uh, however many days. But his price is still cheap that if he can give you that one really good round again, he's worth the investment. So Keegan Bradley really interests me. Like I said the, earlier, the only person I like of the big names that I'm really staying away from is Ches Reavy. Just He's out of form. Again, I, I just will not be playing him, which hurts so bad. Yeah, uh, I'm out on Bradley. Revi, I may play a little bit because I think that this type of course, I mean, he's not long, but I feel like the accuracy factor helps mm-hmm. him out quite a bit. The problem with Revi right is back. that he has been accurate off the tee. His iron play is just not, his iron play and putting has just not been great. Right. And that can snap back at any sure. time, you know, with with his track record, you know, obviously with someone that's, he, it's surprising how inconsistent he's been because of how consistent he was last year. But maybe that was an outlier, and and he is who he was before last year. And, all right, back to my Kawamura play. I'm not crazy. So last year he finished he finished 38th in the in the Open Championship, oh, nice. the British Open, and then he was he missed the cut at the European Masters, but then went top 25, ninth on the Asian circuits, missed the cut at the Dunhill Links, seventh at the uh, Spain, uh, this, like the Spain yep. Open. 
and then 23rd at the Japan. Yeah, so he's definitely got some talent. Yeah, so he's done well, and I think it's just really cheap for, uh, you know, for for what you're going to get from him. I'm not saying go crazy with him, but if you have, you know, 20 lineups, putting him in three or four, sure. you're going to be a, a lot, you know, more overweight than the rest of the field on yep. that. All right, well, let's get on to the betting. This week, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling so hot on on these types of plays. I get like I feel like I feel like the lines are very tight this week, or maybe just the amount of guys I like that I have like paramount confidence in is just a lot less than normal. Sure. Um, but we'll start with the top twenty. We'll go up. I only have a couple plays here for the top twenty. You know, I like Hao Tong Li. I like Ji uh, Jung Zhang. You get Hao Tong Li at plus one eighty, Zhang at plus two thirty, and then uh, you get Kevin Tway at plus four seventy five, which I think is super interesting. And then I would go all the way down to Campio at plus six fifty. Yeah, I'm on the Kevin Tway play with you. The other plays I like, I like Charles Howe at plus 130. I like Ian Poulter at plus 150. I'm going to dip back into the Tommy Fleetwood big bet, minus 140. I just think on a tough course, he's finished 22nd and 20th, and he's got a couple pretty good performances here the last two years. I'm going to go with Fleetwood as a top 20 guy. Phil, for me, at plus 190. Answer and Poston, both plus 260, I think are really good plays. And then Ishikawa, who was a very good Japanese golfer that struggled last week, so his price has gone down. He was actually like 7,200 on DraftKings. Similarly priced. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been Yeah, good. he's just a really talented player. So I think you get him at plus 550 for a top 20 finish in a field of 78 guys. I think that's just a really I good like, line. I like that. Yeah, you mentioned answer, which I like. I think if I was going to go up with a top guy, uh, I think Cameron Smith at plus 110 would make the most yeah, sense. Yeah, I like Cameron Smith a lot as well. He's in my, he's in my top 10, so we can jump to that. I have Cameron Smith at plus 280. Uh, again, I, I don't know what it is. Just really like JT Poston, so I got him at plus 650 for a top 10. Uh, I get Oosthuizen at plus 400. Uh, Charles Howell, plus 350. And then Finau at plus 185. Just riding the Finau. I like Finau. Um, the man's going to win eventually. Like. That's just how I feel about Finau. Like, he, he is a very talented golfer, and it might come in a week where I don't decide to play him, but it is what it is. <laughs> it will not be this week. I don't, I don't love a lot of these. This is like, I feel like normally I, I would like it. Uh, I think Patty Reed is someone that's interesting at plus 210 in comparison to where, like, you know, when we compare, like, DraftKings pricing to, like, the betting right. prices, I feel like his is his is off compar- comparatively to where he is on DraftKings. Yeah, I agree with and you there. I feel, and then I feel similarly with like like it's crazy that like king and bradley is like plus 475 but and and he's like over guys like Revi or answer just because he had like one good tournament right. like it that like doesn't make any sense to yeah. me like i think you i think i would come back like i think answer is as talented as you know as you're gonna get it for plus 650 like he's definitely like way better than poston or uh, you know watson at this point or christian Boys at Huda, who I have no idea who that person is. So, <laughs> no, nor do I. But we're doing a golf podcast, so anything is possible. Yeah. So I think I don't know. I don't like this range. I think I'm just gonna have. I think I'm just. I'll just do the top twenties, and then I'll have people to win. Okay. Like, I, all right. I so where do you want to go with this. winners? Then what do you like there? So winners, I think, is a lot, is a lot more interesting to me. You get Patrick Reed at plus twenty eight hundred. I think he's. I think he's my favorite like value. And then after that, you got Louis season, you know, plus 5,000. I think it's interesting, some of these people that have, like, creeped up and, and then, I guess, and fallen. Like, I, why is... I feel like Adam Scott maybe is, like, a good value, too. I don't understand, like, why 
to me, he's like both Reed. I understand because people don't like him, but <laughs> like, why is Adam Scott only twenty eight hundred? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I like I mean, Adam he, Scott. Adam Scott's on my list of plays that I like. And then you know, M has played a lot better than I think than his plus twenty eight hundred as I well. Agree. Like, why is he like like why is like why is Casey why is Casey above those guys or Stinson? Sure. Like why is Stinson, it, why is Stinson? It's interesting there? because like it's a pedigree thing with those guys. And so if you want to tell me that over Sung JM, that's cool. But it can't be a ball striking thing, which is incredibly important at this category. I know Henrik Stinson was like first in strokes gained approach whatever last year. But he didn't play that well the week he played on the PGA Tour. Sung JM is a really good ball striker. Adam Scott's one of the best ball strikers in the world. So I, I don't know where some of these plays, like Paul Casey or whatever, are coming from. But I do agree with you. I think M is a little bit underpriced. I think Scott is a little bit underpriced. So they're both on my list. Again, I'm writing Finau as much as you may not like it. I like Finau at plus 2,500. I like Corey Connors at plus 5,000. And I have JT Poston again. He's my... My guy, I'm playing all three places just on the off chance that he plays as well as I think he could. And then I'm going. Yeah, I think I'm doing the same with answer. Yeah, and then I'm going to play some amount of McElroy. I, I think I've decided that I really like playing the guy I think is going to win as a uh, sort of value play. To I don't know if this makes sense how I describe it, but like it, it's boosting my other plays, so I don't have to hit as many top twenty guys if I miss out right. on all my long shots, right? So I'm not going to put a ton of money on McElroy, even though he's, like, what, 6-1 to one for this tournament. I just want him as, like, okay, he wins at a $50 bet for me, so now I've just made $300, and if I've invested three units across the two places, right, then it's McElroy's closed that gap for me by halfway without taking a ton of risk on him. Yeah, I think this is one of the more interesting prices because I don't, I mean, obviously McElroy is very is very good, but for him to be double the field is kind of like shocking to me. Particularly when I guess like what, what was it last? So it was like him and what was he like last weekend? He and like JT were seven fifty and eight hundred. And then who? And then who was the next closest person? Was it twelve hundred or was I thought maybe it was even further back? I think it was Hideki, and he might have been like thirteen or fourteen hundred. Okay, so he's about in the same spot. I don't know. I mean, like maybe maybe it is appropriate. It just seems, I, I just, it's just such a load. It, it, I mean, it feels like, a lot like Justin Thomas at the Safely Open to me, but with a more talented field. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's the kind of right, exact, vibe I'm getting. Exactly. So so yeah. my thought was Rory McIlroy top five is actually the play, because that's what JT at Safely Open ended up being. But I'm not, mm, I don't, I'm I th- not I think, betting a top five at plus 105. Like, I just, I'm not going to do it. I think you should. I think it makes more sense to me. Because now you're getting five spots. And really, like, maybe, like, eight spots, because you could have, like, you have ties or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I and I and guess so, it's the same. Pay that I, I do think like it goes away from being my like a more of a value play, and now I have to invest a lot more in a Roy McIlroy top five finish than I do at even money. I understand. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But yeah, it, it's definitely a consideration that I have right now because I, I think there's a pretty solid chance in a no cut four round event that Roy McIlroy finishes in the top five. He's just that good, especially when he was putting the ball well last weekend. Yeah, and what are the greens like? Same. I know Still they're got bent, bit, they're grass. again. They're uh, a little yeah. bit larger than last week, but not not all that different. I mean, they're going to probably roll pretty similarly. They're not going to be as wet, obviously. They'll be faster. And I feel like a lot of PGA Tour guys probably putt better on faster greens because that's just what they're used to. But just because of the lack of rain. Gotcha. There's no monsoon coming through China. It's going to be 75 and sunny every day this week. So so is your Mickelson play going to be Rory, or is it going to be Poston? Uh, my Mickelson play, I have... This, uh, JT Poston, but now that we're talking about this Roy McIlroy top ten thing or top five thing, 
I'm really interested in that. I think you know, and I think and I, I, I think Corey, for Corey Connors uh, for the win, and maybe a top ten is another Mickelson play for me here. But I can't have that many, or else I just won't have anything left in my account if they all lose. I know, I know. One of the more interesting, uh, or something I thought about with him beforehand is, I, if, one, I feel like he may like. I feel like whenever Roy goes over to Europe, he just like kills it, right? Like he just is so dominant. I mean, I know that he didn't play well at the British Open, but I feel like he's only had like one like truly terrible round, right. here, and then all the times he's just great and i feel like with all the european tour players in this event that he may feel more at home and then secondly i feel like tigers win like he likes to keep up with the joneses you know is he going to come out more focused because he sees he has an opportunity because he's just obviously better than everyone else here right and he just saw tiger win you know that that and in- greatness inspires greatness sort of thing I think that's an interesting angle here. Yeah, I mean, so, he stated his goal is to get back to number one in the world, and Brooks is hurt. He's got an opportunity to go out and win a tournament in a field where he's by far the best golfer. No JT, no Tiger, no Brooks, that sort of thing. So it was, it'll be interesting to see if he takes advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, and so I think I, I think you're, I, the more you talk about it, the more it makes sense to me, and the more I think I'm going to have him in, in a couple of my lineups. I'm not sure if I will... If I'm going to be as ballsy as you, though. Yeah, we'll see. I, I like Rory a lot this week. I mean, he's also just my favorite golfer. So it's fun to <laughs> fun to make those plays whenever you get to root for the guy that you want to root for. I've, I've thought about it a little bit, and I think my my five favorite golfers, I was talking about it on Sunday when I was playing with my buddy, Rory McIlroy, Gary Woodland, Justin Thomas. And see, now, now I'm waffling a little bit. Johnson Wagner. Yes, <laughs> Johnson Wagner. Where's he in this field? <laughs> and, uh, he is... <laughs> Uh, since this is a full is, golf is, podcast, is he, is he in is he in the Barracuda? He is in is it the Barracuda or the Bermuda? Bar- uh, Bermuda, Bermuda. I'm sorry, Bermuda. And you can get Johnson Wagner, top twenty plus three fifty in a very weak field. It's cash. It's money. Oh yeah, I like him. And then like, isn't like Adam Shank is Adam Shank is in right? there? Lanto Griffin is like plus sixteen hundred oh, yeah, to Lanto win. Griffin. Um, um, anyways, and then who's my who's my other rounding out of the top five? There's definitely my top four though. Yeah, okay. Nothing wrong with any of those golfers. I think they're all they're all kind of similar. They all like and they also have the one problem that I just like can't stand and that is that they can't putt the ball. Yeah, but Gary Woodland's a basketball player, so that gets past that for you, right? Which is kind of weird because he's like kind of stocky, I feel like. Yeah. He and Rory McIlroy walk down a fairway the same way. It's really interesting. They like chest out, <laughs> puffed. It's really really funny, but yeah, for being short, Rory's kind of like stocky too. For like being kind of like skinny-ish, mm-hmm. but I feel like he, but I feel like he, you know, he's obviously like very jacked. So, yeah. and he kind of walks like that. But uh, but anyway, do you, have, do you have anything else to add for the for this weekend? Or, no, I, I or got I got you, I got Johnson like Wagner in a podcast in the in a tournament we didn't discuss. So I'm pretty proud of myself. I feel accomplished. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna let you do the rest of the podcast because I've done the Lord's work here. <laughs> All right, well, Johnson, if you're listening, you know that uh, you know that you're welcome anytime. You have a standing here, uh, invitation in the to the In the Bag podcast. There's there will <laughs> nothing stopping you. We will record whatever day you're available to record during the week. I'll I'll record and edit in the last two hours before the tournament starts if that's what it takes. Just let us know we're here. That's you it. Know, he is from he is from Amarillo, so uh, you know Texas ties. There you go. Gotta you got it. it. That's I'll I'll put the, I'll put this on you then. Well, also I guess we really need to know his real name, which is Montford Johnson Wagner. Now is that going to make us look too creepy? Is... <laughs> I'm just on his I'm just on his wiki page. Okay, so. all right, well yeah, good. Keep doing your research. Get those Texas ties. 
and we'll get we'll get uh we'll, we'll get our boy he'll be on the podcast don't worry all right well i think I, I think i'm out of ideas and uh and information for the weekend i hope it's a good weekend i hope it's fun uh i am ready for them to get back stateside three weekends in a row of watching golf at 10 p.m is uh it's trying it's exhausting also ghost shows <laughs> yeah ghost shows yeah i'm about to watch the world series so it's fun all right, well, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter at JamesPaul4. Find Slaughter at Slaughter and at In the Backcast if you want to send anything to the show. We are up on Spotify and iTunes now, so as soon as podcasts are uploaded, they hop on there pretty shortly. So you can check us out there. Like, subscribe, download, rate, whatever you want to do. It all goes a long way and, and helps us, and we would appreciate any feedback you can give us there. Happy investing to all of you this weekend. We hope what we've done has helped out and that you'll tune in to us next weekend to make sure you have the right clubs and the bag.